Welcome back to the first Anglo-Omani Society podcast of Series 2. We've got a special guest today, the President of the Environment Society of Oman, Her Highness Sayyida Tanya Al-Sayed, talking about all the wonderful work that ESO does out in Oman. As I'm sure most of you are aware, ESO was founded in 2004 and it is the only non-profit organization in Oman dedicated to conserving the environment. But unfortunately, as a direct result of COVID-19, they need our help more than ever. In a lead up to their fundraiser, Sayyida Tanya discusses with us her love for the work her and the ESO team do, as well as the impacts of COVID, their future plans and how we can all help them stay at the forefront of Oman's environmental changes. Thank you so much, Seda Tanya, for joining us today. I'm really excited to be talking to you about ESSO and introducing all of our audience to ESSO if they don't know much about it. So getting straight into the questions, I came across a video you recorded with CNN back in 2012, and you mentioned that one of your reasons for doing what you do was because 90% of the world is covered in water, and that led you to want to discover more. So while that is by far a huge reason to begin everything you have done, where did your passion come from? Please kind of take us back to the beginning. Was this something that you always cared about as a child or just something that came closer to your degree? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I don't know that this was always something that I cared about as a child. I don't think I can remember it being that way. But I think it all started the day I discovered scuba diving sort of in my late teens. And this entire underwater world um, was open to me. And I just absolutely fell in love with that underwater world. And when I saw things like discarded nets and things like that, it really started to sort of anger me. So maybe that's where the passion came from. It probably helped a little bit that my father was in the field. He was the um, Minister of Environment at the time in Oman. And coupled with um, a lot of time spent in Switzerland, because I've got family there, and Switzerland was really at the forefront at that time of sort of um, environment and um, the importance of taking care of it and waste management and all that kind of thing. Amazing. Well, I love that it was brought together by many different parts. Um, so, essay began 16 years ago. Was this always the goal? How did you get to it? Were there other initiatives you had done before this, which ultimately led to you creating ESSO? Well, originally what had happened is I, when I moved back to Oman, I met a group of marine biologists who were working on whales and dolphins in Oman. And there was this idea that came about that we should... Um, find a way to protect these whales and dolphins because they kind of fell between two government organizations, Ministry of Environment and Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries. So we started working on a plan to set up an organization to protect these marine mammals. But um, at the time, there was no legislation in place allowing NGOs to operate. And finally, sort of towards the end of 2003, when the legislation did come about allowing NGOs to operate, um, we resubmitted the same papers, um, you know, the plan for the whale and dolphin mm -hmm. or marine mammal organization. And then we were kind of urged to make it slightly broader and have it encompass the environment. And at the time, they had said, you know, we're only really going to give one um, sort of group the permission to go ahead with an environmental NGO. And that really is how ESO came about in 2004. Oh, amazing. So I know that 
it wasn't just you who founded ESSO. Please, could you also tell us about the other incredible founding members that worked with you to launch this? Well, I think, I mean, setting, like you say, setting up ESO was by no means something I did on my own. There were so many people involved. Um, they all had a common goal of protecting Oman's environment. Um, and each person involved was instrumental in doing various things to help set ESO up. Some um, were sort of on the business side of things, writing up a constitution, which was really sort of forging new grounds because there was no such thing yet in the country so we couldn't just cut and paste um, the constitution from someone else. Um, other people were helping raise funds, some were working at finding office space, um, hiring a first staff member. There were so many people that supported the setup of ESO that would I would rather not name anyone mm -hmm. because I, I, in fear that I might miss some out. But really, I mean, this was such a group effort and a lot of those people that helped found ESO are still involved in ESO today, which um, I think is a testament to the organization. Yes, definitely. I love that everyone has that passion for Awan and its environment. It's incredible. So what was or still is the core mission of ESSO and has it changed over the years? Well, the principal mission um, is to be an organization that helps protect and conserve Oman's natural heritage. Um, we try and do this through research, education, and community outreach. And this core mission still remains today. Okay, amazing. And has it been very specific goals for ESSO like that you've set over time that you've said, yes, we need to achieve this? Well, honestly, when we started out, we worked on projects where we had people that we knew could implement those projects. There was no real business plan as such. However, since then, we have become much more organized and much more professionally run. One of the projects that has spanned most of ESO's life is um, a project on the loggerhead turtles um, that takes place on Masira Island and has an aim, the aim of the project is to help preserve these incredible creatures and it's been great to see this project evolve um, from just digitalizing existing data that was available from the Ministry of Environment which funnily enough was in small notebooks written in pencil um, to today looking at the human impact and impact of fisheries and many other aspects that affect these animals. And currently, we're at an advocacy stage of this project. So it really has spanned um, sort of the 16 years that ESO has been around. Wow. So having said that, with your goals, what achievements are you and your team most proud of so far? Well, I think depending who you were to ask in the organization. I think everybody would probably have a different um, answer to this, but um, we've achieved so much over the years um, from contributing to scientific papers, um, the research that we've done regarding turtles, whales, um, and birds, our community outreach, and many other projects. But I think that one of our first large-scale campaigns was about 12 years ago, and it was a campaign to raise awareness of the harms of plastic bags. And um, the ultimate aim was to ban or find a way to tax them in Oman. Mm -hmm. While we didn't really manage at the time to achieve our goal of banning bags or taxing them, I think that we were 
definitely instrumental in planting the seed in Oman. And now the Ministry of Environment has recently announced that single-use plastic bags will be banned in Oman from uh, the coming January uh, 2021. So uh, I am particularly proud of that. I mean, whether it was just planting the seed, I'm not sure. Um, but that and also the amount of students that we've been able to reach over the year it stands at about two and a half thousand per year um, and these students can be from very young age all the way to college students oh incredible so i can imagine there are always challenges around the work you do so as an organization what are the most noticeable or common ones i think um, for us one of our ongoing challenges is the perception that that people have that we are funded by the government and as such, sometimes donations and supports doesn't come so easily. Um, another challenge, I guess, would be being the only NGO um, in the field of environment in Oman. And so it's assumed that we should be doing everything and anything related to the environment. And of course, with limited staff and funding challenges, that's not no. really possible. I completely understand. And what are also the issues you face as a society and what behaviours would you like to see people address and focus on? Well, I think um, not, not so much as ESO, but as a country, I think um, litter is a challenge that we face in Oman and it does not seem to be getting better probably because access to some of these remote areas has become much easier with paved roads today and so anybody with a vehicle can get mm. almost any, anywhere. Um, having said that, litter is not really something that ESO has focused on because there are many groups um, whose sole mission is dealing with litter. Um, there are groups such as Move Green, there, there's been an um, Apex-led uh, Bitter About Litter campaign, Clean Up Oman, and I'm sure there's many more who deal with this issue. But I think that um, as a society, um, and wider Omani population, I think this is an area that we need to address because we focus so much on tourism and bringing tourists in that if we don't keep this in check, um, it might adversely affect you know, the tourism industry. No, I completely understand that. On the subject of challenges, while we hate hearing the word now, I can imagine COVID has had um, a big impact on ESO, so, like many, many other organizations. What has been the biggest hit? And do you and the team have ideas of how to rebuild this? Has it even sparked new ideas um, that you might not have had before this? Oh, gosh. Um, if I had to pick, I biggest hit, it would be funding. Um, it didn't help that COVID coincided with a drop in oil prices. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of ideas of how to deal with this, we have decided to host a virtual fundraiser as we don't think we'll be able to have our annual gala dinner that is a single biggest fundraising event of the year. Um, and working on this particular fundraiser has definitely sparked new ideas. I think it has made everyone think of alternative ways to conduct activities. And although, you know, COVID has shaken us as an organization, I believe that it also pushed us to move into the digital world where previously we 
we've been dragging our feet a little bit. Yes, no, that's true. I mean, we're doing this virtually right now. So it definitely goes to show that it makes a difference. I know across the world, when lockdown was implemented, the shift in nature was incredible. It was almost like the planet and the environment got a break from the effects of human consumption. In a sense, the environment benefited from COVID. Um, did ESO notice anything specific in Oman's ecosystem? Well, we definitely all saw these amazing photographs of the Himalayas and the skies over Chinese cities, suddenly blue and clear. But I don't know, not really specific to Oman's ecosystem per se, um, as we weren't really able to, we weren't working in the field, we weren't doing any of the work that we usually do. But just um, on observation, there were far fewer planes in the sky, making the sunsets absolutely spectacular, fewer cars on the road, which made everything quieter. But from this, sadly, I think that we will have a problem of increased waste um, that will come from all the disposable PPE mm -hmm. um, and people moving back to disposables, um, which is quite heartbreaking. Yes, no, that's very true. Amongst the government and smaller independent organizations that are also working very hard in Oman, um, do you think are there are any areas of Oman that haven't really been explored by ESO and will eventually need your attention? Well, I mean, Oman is such a vast country with many different um, and very difficult to reach areas. As ESO, we, we're a very small team and to cover all these areas, we just don't have the capacity. Luckily, though, there are regional municipalities that cover the various governments and social media helps shed light on issues all over the country. So these will probably be the avenues that will help us find areas that we might need to focus on. In the future, I think probably technology will play a big role um, to help us explore potential um, areas that um, require attention, you know, with apps, with geolocation and things like that. Mm -hmm. So in 1992, taking it back a few years, um, at the Earth Summit in Brazil, the late Sultan Qaboos gave a speech with one sentence, I quote, saying, the conservation of the environment is the responsibility of all of us, a responsibility that knows no political boundaries. Therefore, man, wherever he lives, must order his life accordingly. He continued to discuss Oman's deep and personal interests in playing their part for their country and neighbours. And I think we can both agree when we say that Sultan Qaboos created a legacy for his environmental initiatives. Could you tell us some of the things he did to pave that way? Yes, I mean, I think we're all, you know, in terms of environments, super blessed, um, you know, by everything that he, he has done um, during his reign. Um, he started... Um, paving the way for environmental initiatives probably as far back as 1974 where um, Oman enacted the first environmental legislation and became a member of uh, the IUCN, the International Union for Conservation of Nature. And then in 84, I think Oman was the first Arab country to set up a ministry exclusively concerned with the environment. And that was when the Sultanate began to establish nature reserves and also um, lay out detailed plans for the design and management of these reserves, all of which um, are under the management of the Ministry of Environment and Climate Affairs today or under the management of uh, the D1, uh, specifically the Office for Conservation of the Environment. We probably have 18 nature reserves um, around the country. I mean, I, 
I, I might be wrong by a few, but I think that that was the latest number. In further on in eighty nine, um, Sultan Qaboos made a generous donation that brought about the UNESCO Sultan Qaboos. Um, prize for the for environmental conservation, and that was first awarded in '91 and has been given um, out every two years to a conservation body or individual chosen by UNESCO for environmental performance. Um, and I th think that till date, individuals or institutes from approximately 19 countries around the world have received this award. Um, and I mean, there's been so much more. There's a, a lot of um, guidance and several environmental laws were put in place for the protection of the natural environment that are being enforced by various government entities um, today. And um, I think that that's really forged the way uh, for Oman in terms of um, envir environment. Oh, wow. So do you think this kind of placed Oman and Omanis in a better position to act better towards the environment and almost make it a lifestyle rather than just supporting a cause? Would you say having such an incredible figure to look up to helped this? I am sure it did, but I sometimes wonder if um, this was kind of, it is sometimes lost on the younger generation mm -hmm. who maybe don't remember this or have not lived through this shift. Um, Many, I think many people have taken the environment for granted over the years and are now beginning to think about making environment a lifestyle, especially with extra exposure through social media today. Um, yes. I, and I do believe that having a figure such as Sultan Qaboos, um, you know, helped. Um, and it helped build a country that could be proud of its environment for sure. And I think that now it is our job to keep Oman's environment in a state that we can continue to be proud of by remembering that we must move forward in a sustainable manner. Yes, that's so true. And what would you say, heading back to ESO now, are the future plans, whether they're big or small? Well, we really hope to be able to move towards advocacy. We've spent many years working on research and data collection, and now it's time to use all that information to advocate for our environment and encourage more sustainable development and lifestyles. Amazing. So you've mentioned before on previous interviews I've seen um, about children, and really they're the people that we need to educate more than the adults. What do you believe is the best way to implement this learning? Do you think that learning about the environment should be a compulsory thing at schools to aid in their understanding? Uh, absolutely. I believe that environment should be part of school curriculum with um, specifically local examples and that schools should be encouraged to initiate and develop projects and initiatives that students can take part in in that way they can see their initiative succeed so at ESO we um, launched a initiative called the Green Schools Initiative it's a program that involved about 330 students oh, wow. and it was launched last year and students had to identify specific problem areas in their school relating to energy water and waste and they had to find solutions to those problems and implement them with an ultimate goal of minimizing their ecological footprint Print. And I think that this type of involvement really gets students to buy into the idea of protecting the environment. And I think that it'll be something that they'll remember for years to come as opposed to 
you know, a lecture that someone came and yeah. sort of gave to them one day. No, that's so true. I'm just thinking back to when I was in school and mm. we never had that. I think just a brief class in geography and that was it. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's incredible to yeah. hear you guys did that. Uh, so I know on the 24th of August, ESO has an upcoming fundraiser. Please, could you tell us more about this? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, in the past, we'd, we've organized an annual gala dinner, and it really is our single um, largest fundraising event from the public um, and companies as well um, that we have each year. But this year, because of the current circumstances, we won't be able to host this um, in person, and so we have taken it to the virtual world, and um, we hope that we'll be able to show people a little bit more about what ESO does, and the event is going to have many um, raffle prizes to be won, there'll be silent auctions and some local musicians um, entertaining us sort of along the way. Um, it'll also allow people to donate to ESO individually or make larger pledges as companies because if companies are interested in donating um, and being recognized on the night, they can get in touch with ESO and get more details about how that can happen. Amazing. No, I am very excited for it. My whole team are. So it's, um, mm. it's definitely uh, proven to be another way to raise money through technology. So that's good that we have that. And um, so how can people support this? What's the best way to get involved? So um, the best way is we have a website specifically set up for this and um, it's esofundraiser.com and on the website you can buy tickets and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, obviously you'll get a link to be able to attend the event and you can buy raffle tickets but just to bear in mind that a lot of the majority of these prizes are uh, prizes that are in Oman, experiences in Oman. Um, and then there are auctions as well. So um, some of those, maybe some of those items are things that um, can be um, sort of won by people outside of Oman, but the majority is quite Oman-centric. But even if you're not in Oman, it doesn't mean that you can't take part. You can buy tickets, you can, um, you know, watch the event, take part in the event itself, and make donations. And really, you know, every penny counts. And um, I hope that we get support um, and we're able to reach our goal. Yes, hopefully you do. What was the goal? Uh, so the goal was 90,000 rials because um, in terms of administratively, that's what we would need um, for the year wow. to continue doing the work that we do. Wow, incredible. Well, I think even if um, a lot of the prizes are in Oman, it gives everyone a chance when they can fly to come to Oman. Um, so Absolutely. they definitely shouldn't stop. Uh, so I have a final few trivia questions for you. What would you say are your top three pieces of advice for young environmentalists? Um, I think know that this is a cause worth fighting for. Make your voice heard and demand the changes you want to see. Yes, I love that last one. And what would you say your three favorite things are about Oman's nature? Um, how raw it is. Not much of the nature sites have been overly developed and I really love that. Uh, the variety of landscapes, you know, from marine to deserts and mountain tops, and the lack of large crowds at nature sites. Um, 
I love that. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sayyida Tanya, for doing this podcast with us. I really, really hope that ESO reached their goal for the fundraiser. Um, I will be eagerly there buying my raffle tickets and watching. But again, thank you for everything. And I really hope that you guys can continue to do amazing work in Oman. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dina. This was a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope you learned something new about Oman's environment and ESO. If you would like to be part of the fundraiser, please head to esofundraiser.com. And we look forward to welcoming you at our next AOS podcast. <laughs>